not one step back in the Great Patriotic War. This episode, we take a look at the Red Army for bolt action. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Trident Wargaming, episode number 25, and another glorious episode of Bolt Action. Today, I got a friend of mine here with me, Mr. Cam Paul. Uh, how's it going, Cam? What's going great, Andy? Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, no problem. It's been, uh, it's been a long time, actually, since we've, we've really talked. Um, you know, th- besides Messenger and stuff like that, but uh, since the whole COVID thing, but yeah, it's it's great to like have you here. We're gonna go through some some stuff about the Soviet Army for bolt action. Uh, kind of go through some of the stuff of what you're up to. Um, so this is I, I'm actually really excited about it. So it'll be good, and uh, I know I know you'll be excited about it. So that's why you're here. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> always gotta gotta love a chance to get nerdy, especially after not throwing dice for what year and a half now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Too long. I was <laughs> I was lucky enough to uh, to just throw some dice the other uh, you know the other weekend kind of thing. Um, so it felt good. It was good to get back there and hang out with a couple buddies and and actually play a game. So looking That's forward great. to it. Definitely looking forward to it. Of course, all the local guys uh, here in Edmonton. Woo! I know when Wednesday nights, one of the stores is going to be opening up again. Red Claw Gaming for some bolt action. Um, so, I'll be, uh, <laughs> so I'll be. So I'll be. I'll be out there and uh, probably throwing out some training days and whatnot. I know I got a couple new recruits. Bill's one of them. So uh, um, yeah, it'll be some good and interesting times and let's get the dice rolling again um so gonna let cam uh kind of go into a little bit of detail about himself for for pretty much how he got into this crazy mess we call the soviet army oh wow uh it's <laughs> a great question Andy. <laughs> So um, I've been in a hobby a, a little while. I kind of dabbled as a kid, but honestly, I could never afford it. <laughs> and so got a little older, and uh, Bolt Action is probably the first system I really jumped into hard. Um, and part of that is the community, and part of that has been uh, just the theme. I mean, it's interesting. It's got historical. It's a very cinematic game for those that haven't played it. it it's quite immersive. And... Uh, I was really drawn to the Soviet army right from the start. And I think a lot of that had to just do with um, not just the historical aspects, but, you know, it's very thematic, you know, hordes Mm -hmm. of troops and wintry landscapes. And uh, despite that tragic history, um, without trying to sort of romanticize it, it, it really just drew me in and, that's really the long and short of it. Uh, still love playing Soviet lists. Still love playing bolt action. And um, nice. 
yeah, it's kind of the first love when it comes to miniature wargaming. And uh, as much as I love Warhammer, 40K, all that, um, Bolt Action is really my my one true. <laughs> no, I hear you. It really, uh, it really grabbed, grabbed me as well when I first started getting into it. And the funny thing is, is, is uh, both Cam and I actually started in bolt action about the same time. And uh, we both were playing Soviets for our first army, yes, right? So yes, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> Commissar. Um, so we were both in twine and like, you know, we came, came out and, uh, checked out the games that were happening and we just totally fell in love with it. So, and, and it's pretty neat to see the different armies that we come up with. And, uh, there was also a third person, Derek, he was also playing Soviets at the same time. So we had like a little bit of a trifecta, you know, and, uh, it was good. It's it, was, true. it was a lot of fun. Uh, we all had mass infantry, which is a thing with them. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Not the so, only thing, you know. but definitely a uh, big thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's one of their, of their rules, right? So, uh, But before we go any, any further, any deeper with this, um, I do want to uh, plug Cam's uh, Instagram and, and whatnot here. So if you check out uh, In Search of Lost Dice, Cam does do a lot of hobbying. He's... Uh, uh, a mini fanatic <laughs> just like the rest of us um he definitely whips out a whole bunch of painted miniatures uh from a bolt action to marvel crisis protocol to terrain uh and i think you're working on some legion recently and battletech stuff so um props to you man that's awesome to see all the time and of course you always see me commenting on your stuff you know looks great so <laughs> but check them oh, out thanks man and yeah, that's kind of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> but okay, going in the full swing here with with the uh, the Soviet army. So, um, kind of pros and cons for the Soviets. Like when guys are when guys are looking at these armies, you know, maybe they're looking at more of uh, a game term compared to like you know historical kind of. Uh, whatnots um in my eyes with the soviets they one of their biggest pros is they have tons of options oh yeah absolutely <laughs> you know that's probably uh, my favorite thing about them to be honest so like i mean they got so many different infantry squads with so many different um ways of kitting them out you know you can literally have you know an smg squad or you can have uh, a squad that has two lmgs in it you know or captured panzerfausts stuff like that right or if you're going for that thematic you know horde army you can get literally like conscripts that are are uh, green so they have a chance of becoming regulars you know and that's that's a big thing right yeah i think really i think 
one of the things I love about them is how many options you get. As you say, Andy, um, for those who don't know, um, the Soviets were able to, at least in bolt action, and from what I understand in real life, draw on a lot of the technology and the materials and resources of the other allies. So through this Lend-Lease program, they had access to a lot of cool toys and mm-hmm. troop choices from other army lists. And that just opens up this amazing box of army building potential. And it just keeps it fresh. Um, I generally am a rule of cool player. I don't obsess mm-hmm. over, uh, <laughs> you know, how many rivets that tank has. But yeah, it does mean that I can make the list really as like basic and simple and manageable as I want. And that's totally what I did as a new player, which we can talk about later if you want. Um, or as just wild and diverse as the rules allow, um, as I draw from all these various sources. So you can have, you know, your British tank with Soviet troop choices and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So it's that, that variety of options that really keeps it fresh. It's, it's anything but a one-trick pony um you can do it all really yeah with there's trade offs um, <laughs> and oh for sure for sure um I like most armies right but um there is um it's it's pretty cool with the lend like you said the lend lease because they actually have put in you know mechanics for that like rules for that right so it's pretty neat that they do that and then on top of everything like one of the cool factors is like tank riders in my opinion oh yeah that's the first you know. thing i got <laughs> <laughs> just had to do it it's, it's what you see in the movies right uh oh for sure and like i i initially i didn't i didn't use them and then it was funny because like and this goes for both bolt action and tank wars because you can take infantry right and they tend to tell you you know you need to have uh, a transport for um for any of your infantry and tank wars well my tanks are my transports for my infantry you know for the soviets so <laughs> it's absolutely uh, and lots of cool like um rules options and little tricks with that in terms of getting troops where they need to be and getting them on the board even i love it oh for sure but and the nice thing too is they have um like their weapon options you know like with the captured panzerfausts and stuff you know no they don't have a bazooka or whatnot but they have that they do have a flamethrower which has its own special rules as well um they also have the, I, be, is it, I think they're combat engineers with the body armor. Oh, yes. I, I, I think they say in the book they, they strapped like metal to their chests or something like that. And yeah, the, those guys are pretty beefy. I know I've played a few games with them and they, they can take some, take some hits. Yeah, assault engineer squad. That's what they're, and, uh, yeah, they're, I mean, they're veteran, so already they're going to be tough as nails. And then 
next thing you know it, they're even tougher with the armor. So, um, I believe you can even I, put a flamethrower in that squad. <laughs> yes, you can. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? You can. That's crazy. That's crazy. And they're tank hunters too, right? If tanks, if grenades are taken. Okay. So yeah, they've, nice they've got... They've, they've got a lot of options. But the nice thing too is like there's there's so many more units, right? You got you know you got your scout squads that have their own special rules. Um, you have your anti-tank units that um, it's like a three for one option. Right? Yeah, it's one of their national characteristics. Their sort of army special rules, right? Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll hit that up a little later, but. No, it's cool and like real cool too. Like you said, you know, um, they have Siberian squads. They've got you know ski troop squads, stuff like that. So you could really, really definitely uh, play different aspects of the Soviet army. So um, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're looking into to trying to do, if you're wanting to do the, you know, the winter battles. Uh, they have plastic, big plastic kits for that, plus pewter support kits. You know, if you're looking for more of that summer fall kind of uh, look, they have that too. Plastic kits are pretty neat. They're nice. A lot of options on them. Um, and then not to mention, like, you got a, quite a few campaign books that they're actually in as well. So... Yeah, I mean, as far as options go, especially with this, well, I guess it's recent-ish, uh, Stalingrad expansion, your campaign mm -hmm. book, I should say. All sorts of cool new options, uh, new sniper team options, and partisans, and tank option. It's, yeah, <laughs> sky's the limit, there, really. There's a lot, <laughs> and like that, that Stalingrad book is actually pretty thick. Um, so there is, oh, yeah, a, there's a lot of info in there. I mean, it is 176 pages. It's definitely one I would pick up. Well, I have it as we all know, but if you're looking for one, like that's, that's the one to go for. But, um, lots of campaigns. Uh, it's a beautiful book as you're going through it with a lot of pictures and maps city fighting rules you know dug in vehicles all that stuff um and of course they even have other other army rules in there too like romanians and stuff so yeah that i think warlords really up their game with that book that and the fortress budapest book mm -hmm. they they really packed a lot of fun looking content in there so I know I flipped through them and, and giving them a pretty close look, and every time it gets me excited to hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. There's, yeah, painting. there's tons. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. I know I got to jump on that, that stug of mine for this month's challenge. So, <laughs> but um... always something. <laughs> But yeah, they got the Stalingrad, and you mentioned uh, the Fortress Budapest, which you said, you know, it, it's another good one. It's another thick book. Um, they also have uh, Ostfront, 
they have some some action in there as well and also the road to berlin so uh different little scenarios i think maybe some of the rules might cross over with the other books um but definitely if you're you're into looking and playing you know um the historical scenarios and stuff you have lots of options there's lots there or you can just do your own you know so yeah this one thing i really liked about bolt action was they come out with these campaign books but it's almost entirely optional like really for the longest time i just ran with the basic um army list book for soviet union and the core rule book and life was peachy um <laughs> of course i love having these these sort of uh expansions of source lots of cool new units but it's great that it's sort of an optional if you want to be the historical player you can go ahead and go that route or if you want to just have a pickup game and have some fun with it that's oh, fun for sure too. i love it yeah for sure i know um you know we've, we've talked a bit here about like the pros of of the army and it sounds like there might not be any cons but <laughs> Um, oh, I'd say there are, but <laughs> yeah, there, you know, it's, it's the funny thing with bolt action. It's never really displeasing to players or painters or hobbyists in general, right? Like, um, obviously if there's a unit you don't really care for, you're not probably not going to feel it, you know, but the one thing with, um, some of these campaign books some of the missions are actually very specific for theater and whatnot, which is, is totally fine. Um, sometimes you might not have the option of getting or building um, some of the proper units that they're using. So uh, you kind of have to outsource for other, other miniatures. Uh, but there's so many companies out there that you can find stuff. And, and Warlord Games has been pumping a lot of new stuff out lately. Uh, I think, what was their latest Soviet, uh... It was the NKVD squad. And the anti-tank, yeah. Yeah, 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 actually they're sitting on my shelf right now, so... (laughs) Um, But honestly, you could use the French partisans, or mm -hmm. French resistance as, uh, partisan units for Soviets, like... They're they're pretty good with that. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, the one thing uh, they've, the one thing I've liked they've that they've done with the Soviets, and they've done this kind of across a lot of the other um, nations as well. And I hope they continue doing this. Is they actually have multiple starter sets, right? Uh, like I said, you you. You end up, if you want to do the Winter Soviets, which a lot of people do, you know, they've actually finally come out not too long ago with an actual Winter Starter set, which is definitely worth the money to get. And you get tons of minis in there, tons of plastic miniatures. So um, that's pretty neat. If you want to go the other route, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you get your tank in there as well, KVs and uh you know is's and stuff like that so and the t 
the T's there. Um, <laughs> but they have, again, there's just so much for them. Like, like what's your what's your favorite tank, Cam, for the Soviets? Like oh, with all the ones that they have. <laughs> um, what drew me to the army was the KV two. Uh, for those that don't know, and I didn't know until I started uh, getting into the game. This thing it just looks like a box on treads, <laughs> like, like like a you know, the tin can of spam with treads on it. Um, yeah. Huge thing, uh, and it, it was just a blast of paint. And when it's on on the table, it it it's pretty beefy. So that's probably my favorite in terms of just all around cool factor. But the is it the T. Now I'm blanking. T28s or T35s or whatever they are. Those their their like main tank is is my favorite for sure in terms of like points and. The T34. Yes, that's it. Yeah, not not the 85, right? Or you're talking like the regular T34. Yeah, just the regular T34. Uh, that's yeah. It's kind of like if I had to get one tank. Like I'm a new Soviet player that. That was it for me and, and would be my suggestion to somebody else just because the points aren't that bad and it plays well. It's fun to paint. It's plastic. Yeah, and Checks the, plastic all my boxes. Has, <laughs> the plastic kit has options in it too, right? So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a fun kit. Um, they have... It's nice because they have illustrations on the box sets for you know if you want to do a winter kind of camo for them as well so it's good good little kit um i'm i'm impartial to the t3485 always has that cool look to it so bigger cannon but very cool you know it's fun i remember so a little war story for you guys i do remember playing cam and I decided to, I was playing against him with my Blitzkrieg Germans, and I had a Panzer II, and you had a T-34. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was able to I actually, <laughs> I, was, I was actually able to um, pretty much track you, immobilize, and I think your turret got jammed in a direction where it kind of put your T-34 out of commission. But those games that we've had in the past, like, they've always been really challenging, especially, like, being a Soviet player, but actually playing against another Soviet player, but using a different faction, you know? Yes, I, I'll i be honest, I don't remember that specific game. I <laughs> likely blocked out that memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, they're just a lot of fun to play on the table. There's a lot of troops to push around. And um, especially with bolt actions dice bag, you can really get a lot of dice in that bag. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you're mm -hmm. playing against the more like elite armies, uh, low dice count, you can really just have a lot of... I don't know if board control is the right word, but you get where you want to be without the other player being able to get all of their moves in. So 
there's a certain amount of strategy to that. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's a little overwhelming for the other player, right? Because if you have so many units. So... Yeah, and that just seems like wonderfully thematic at a certain point, like um, just big blobs of infantry, and luckily they're pretty affordable to buy, so I don't have to worry about dropping stacks of cash for <laughs> filling an army out, because the, the main plastic boxes are relatively affordable, and you can, you can get a, an army together out of those really uh, aside from a few this is a con for me i the boxes don't often contain uh, i think it's the smgs the machine guns don't have mm -hmm. enough to fill out the squads but oh that's right that's right um i do know they sell like the individual weapon sprues or whatever but you're better off just getting honestly yeah uh, really you're gonna need it and if you're playing with people you know what's the big deal just <laughs> Do you, because you have the Winter Soviets, right, uh, Cam? I do, yes. Right, and I have I have the other ones. Do you, um, did the Winter Soviet kit, were the weapons already attached to the arms? Like, were they one mold or were they separate? Do you remember? I remember being annoyed, so I'm pretty sure that they were separate. Uh, I think they yeah. were a little fiddly to put together. Uh, and especially because I was coming from having put together a few, you know, this is back in the day, 40k kits, which, mm -hmm. you know, Space Marines were dead simple to put together in those days. Um, <laughs> this, this was a little more fiddly, but, you know, a little patience and some podcasts like this one to listen to, then you can get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems um it seems it's a it's in a little bit of an older kit because i know i know they've revamped the american kit and it, it's a lot better um and even the, i believe the british kit the british canadian kit now like everything's molded uh on the arms so it's you know you just pick those arms you want to use and you slap them on no fiddling around with the weapon and you're good to go right so um yeah it it definitely, like, compared to German, um, what are they, Grenadiers? I have a box of those, and they were mm -hmm. fantastic. I, I thought they were a great box. Uh, the Soviet one does show its age a little bit, but get some paint on there. <laughs> you're, yeah, they're, you're it's still They paint good. up great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still holding out for plastic Italians. I hope. I hope that happens. I know there's an Italian book down the road, so. <laughs> so yeah, so um, just it's it's funny you mentioned that because I kind of been uh, getting little hints that there is plastic Italians coming, um, definitely down the road. So don't toy uh, with me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, it's it's funny. I tend to find, and you know this. I tend to find uh, a lot of the upcoming books that are going to be released. I end up finding them on Amazon first before they hit the 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 web for the uh, Warlord Games site. So when stuff starts popping off, I'm sure other stuff will start coming down the road. But 
from what I remember, they had a podcast. Aurora Games had a podcast, and they actually, they actually did say that Plastic Italians were coming. And then maybe about a month and a half ago, if not less, um, again it was uh, squeaked out that you know rumors are there's Plastic Italians on the way. So we will see when that book comes out. What else comes with it? Heard it here first, so. folks. <laughs> Hold you to that, Andy. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll have people coming at my door with pitchforks and torches, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the kid's a little older for the Soviet, but... We still love it. Uh, it's the old tried and true... <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna move forward a little bit here with um, I asked Cam to uh, to send me a, one of his army lists for his uh, for Soviets um, just to kind of go over it and his kind of has his idea around it and thoughts of you know um, what led him to kind of building this kind of army and just the whole concept behind it and how what it looks like for for the units that it has in it so um yeah if you if you like cam if you want to maybe go through the idea behind behind the soviet army that you sent me there and we can talk about that thanks andy i can uh rattle this off so i should say i've i've never actually played uh this army or anything out of the stalingrad book because of covid it kind of Mm-hmm. I think the book released soon before or soon after, but I'm excited to get this on the table. It's the Tractor Factory uh, August 1942 list. So, okay. long story short, it's a lot of militia squads, so like citizen and paramilitary folks uh, kind of making haphazard, or not haphazard, uh, you know, being called up and just kind of coming little squads informally and so there's a lot of that as well as a lot of tanks um with this list there now each campaign book is going to have a bunch of sort of uh what do they call them theater selections theater selectors yeah selectors so little scenarios essentially and with this one it's in the heat of stalingrad you've got the Tractor Factory, very iconic um, site of battle in Stalingrad being portrayed. And so you actually have factory workers who are uh, going out and fighting and tanks coming right off of the assembly line. Just, you know, rumor has it just still in primer, sort of driving right out into battle, like really extreme stuff. And so this list reflects that, this theater selector. And you get a free uh, Factory T-34, and which I think is really cool. You get it inexperienced, uh, and that's a factor to think about, so it's not going to do as well as... Well, it, I believe the tank has an inexperienced crew, that kind of thing. All of this stuff adding up to thematic, like big, bold, marquee letters, thematic. I just love it. <laughs> so 
got a regular uh, lieutenant here, two inexperienced militia squads. Both are green. So for those that don't know, that means you kind of roll off, you hit a certain number, the squad will level up to regular, so they do a little better. Or you can lose the squad entirely if you do really badly, or they just stay inexperienced, meaning that it's a little harder to get shots off. And um, ultimately, it just means they're a little cheaper. So it reflects that these are not your rank and file troops. Uh, I have a commissar in there, which I don't normally run, an inexperienced commissar, but thought that'd be interesting. A front nick commissar, which I believe was a new unit. Mm -hmm. Now, this person has a very thematic rule in that if a squad doesn't pass their, I believe it's morale checks, the, he can shoots one of them. So you just lose somebody from that unit and you do a reroll once. So, yeah, um, very thematic again. A grizzly very much suits the scene of this like desperate battle. Uh, NKVD squad with submachine guns and the entire squad being fanatic, uh, kind of giving them that extra oomph to get in the fight. Uh, naval squad, just because I think they look cool and I wanted to paint them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Like I said, rule of cool. And another naval squad with veteran and uh, veteran being, you know, a little tougher, but a little more expensive. Their people's militia squad, also green and experienced. Now, the anti-aircraft gun, which is really not shooting at aircraft because it occasionally comes up with the uh, prep bombardments and things. But again, I just had the model, painted it up. Would love to see it on the table. And you have nice. the option of, I think you can actually run two of them if you want, sort of as anti-aircraft positions outside the tank factory. So again, okay. super thematic. Yep. Uh, sniper team, which is like a must-have in my mind. I always run them, a veteran sniper team. Got a heavy mortar and a Ziz 3 divisional gun. So that's your big, big artillery there. And an anti-tank gun, which I generally would almost never run. But in this case, it just kind of fit the, the points values. And but hey, why not? And then two more factory T-34s. So at this point, you're looking at three tanks for the list. Uh, granted, they're not going to do great. They are all inexperienced. They aren't going to... They're not going to, like, rock the Dominate board. The like board. You yeah, yeah. It, they're not going to do what you think they're going to do, but I want to see what three two T-34s will do anyways. And <laughs> I've never seen a list like this in bolt action and figured, why not? Let's throw a list together for Andy and uh, see what happens. It's just fun. That's just under 1250. I think it's 1249 with a bucket of dice, 17 order dice. That's a lot. It is. So <laughs> depending on your event, I know some of the events we've attended uh, have had restrictions on the number of dice. 
that you can run in a platoon. So that's another kind of like con to Soviet lists is you can end up not getting to run some of the... I found like putting three anti-tank units into one slot, you suddenly have three dice, but if your event has a you know dice cap of 12, well, you're, gonna, you're not going to run them anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as for like future events, I'm not sure quite yet for like dice i probably won't because it's just it's part of the game right but um going going back to your list it's there's yeah there's a lot of bodies <laughs> but um yes this is very much on this the swarm army end of things oh 100 100 it is and i like how it's like your your theme is literally like the workers from these factories are or your, your meat and potatoes, and then, you know, you have some naval guys that you, you like in there, which pretty much act as your SMG squads, right? So, yes, which, which is pretty much veteran, what they're equipped with. I believe so, yeah, yeah. So, it was like, this kind of list is the whole reason I got the Stalingrad book, <laughs> really. Um, just these street <laughs> battles, factories battles, um, I wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way. Just a thematic list that hopefully isn't too cheesy with a whole lot of units on the board <laughs> and three tanks to No definitely. You know, give you we'll have to <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm used to fighting against a lot of tanks on the board, but um we'll definitely have to I'll have to like make a German force to uh to play against you for this and uh the nice thing is is um i have that big Cerisa precision uh mdf fact uh you know tractor factory uh kit kits i should say plus all those other factories i have that we can definitely set up as uh as our war zone to play on and and uh definitely be pretty neat so a lot of um there's a couple of different the different units like I'm looking at the commissars and just the regular commissar like the difference between the two I'm not quite sure if there is that much of a difference though um, yeah I'm you know what I'm trying to remember I have a weird feeling that I might have the list might require you to take <laughs> the take one of them the commissar like an idiot, I've misplaced the, the actual book somewhere in my okay. spare room, so I can't reference it to check for you, but that's what happens uh, when I haven't had a chance to play in like a year. But yeah, either way, I, I am interested to see what happens, because with those people's militia squads, they are going to have trouble not getting pinned down for sure. Um, it's going to be tough to give orders. So having okay. a commissar there to kind of get things moving uh, is part of the, the philosophy here. Yeah. Otherwise, so... it seems like you're going to bog down pretty quick under pins. But Yeah, and, that, and that, that can happen. I know that happens with my French all the time. So, um, 
except I don't have commissars. But looking at the commissars here, uh, it looks like they both uh, have the the not one step back rule, of course. But the uh, Frontenac Commissar um, gives inexperienced squads six inches of the Commissar. They don't actually suffer a minus one hit penalty for being inexperienced. And I love Compared, that rule. I... Yeah, comparing that to... Think... You know, comparing that to the other Commissar, that's, that's quite a big... Uh, big bonus i think so too because now for those that are listening like the the regular commissar is 15 points whereas the front nick is 40 so yeah. first thought is like well what's with the extra what is that 25 points but if you're sitting in next to a big blob of militia squad like inexperienced troops that are going to regularly get that minus one or a squad or two, who knows? Um, you could make those points back by not having to upgrade those units to regular. So when they get upgraded, dropping that minus one penalty on to hits. Um, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, considering yeah, game -wise, I'm gonna want a commissar there anyways. <laughs> Yeah, especially with, you know, the inexperienced units that you do have. I know I know when I play my Soviets, I, I always have a Commissar because I always have some kind of inexperienced unit, right? So, and it's just, uh, it's just thematic. It's, you know, look for the guy with the blue hat and the blue pants. That's, he's pointing, you better go there, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, not asking politely either. <laughs> No, <laughs> but you know what? A lot of times it saves that unit. It really does save that yeah, unit. Yeah, I mean, just being... it works in game. Like, it's helped me out a few times, and there's nothing worse too than losing a squad to the the green check. Like the first time they take damage, you've got to roll the die and, or dice and see if you meet the. The requirements to even stay on the table so i think if you roll a one you lose your whole squad so that kind of gamble is constantly in mind with these green squads and so having a commissar there for the ones that do survive that test to not see them just get pinned down to nothingness or <laughs> not able to get any wounds on another unit because of the penalty of staying in experience is, is kind of an insurance policy in my mind. Not a perfect one, but. I hear you. And then like moving on to like the people militia squad. I like how they literally all have rifles. Um, it, it's literally like the commissar was handing out the rifles and just get to the front line, you know? You know, as I was making this list and putting those squads in, I was thinking of that was it Enemy at the Gates mm -hmm. movie where they're crossing the river and they're just tossing bullets into one person's hand and rifle in the other one and just kind of kick in the butt and get in there. Um, <laughs> with a man in front of you with the rifle. <laughs> yeah, and so 
you know, I'm glad it's not me, but in in game, it's it's just again thematic, and I was excited to hear that not only Warlord came out with uh, the metal partisans or mm -hmm. people's militia squad with some, well, I think like gorgeous sculpts, but also War Games Atlantic has a plastic kit with what like thirty of them or something. That's so, right finally affordable partisans and so here was my chance <laughs> why not give myself an opportunity to spend more money <laughs> i don't know <laughs> on, the, on the stuff we love right <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but that's uh it's a pretty neat army um you know t34s obviously uh that'll be interesting to see on the board um, and of course, all the all the rest of the stuff, the ZAS three, I use that one too. So, pretty neat. Uh, your standard kind of gun. But having seen this actually fielded on the tabletop will be pretty fun to see, um, especially compared to what I might be able to bring with the Germans, which is probably going to be a little bit more elite. But, uh, and probably less bodies at that. <laughs> but regardless, it, it's going to be fun. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's always a good time, and especially when I get a chance. I have a couple armies, like I think all of us do, um, mm -hmm. least who've been playing for a little while, and it's always a good time when I get the Soviets out. It's just, I know it's going to be always fun. <laughs> We've, we always have some good laughs, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Well, uh, what we're going to do now is kind of go through the actual uh, Soviet Union Army book. Um, we've kind of been doing this in the past few episodes just to give people a sample of uh, different armies for anybody who knew who's listening um, and hasn't quite jumped in yet, but might be interested. Um, later down the road, I'll probably do a unboxing kit of some of the standard uh, infantry, uh, maybe some tanks and whatnot, or even a big uh, army starter kit like I have done in the past. But uh, for now, yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of look at the army book. It's it's one of the thicker ones, so. Uh, a lot of nice artwork in it and whatnot. Uh, but going to the actual army list. So the army special rules, uh, the national rules, um, they have some good ones in here. So first one I guess we'll talk about is the Great Patriotic War. So if you remember that one... Uh, cam that's pretty much whenever an infantry or artillery model fails a morale check and would otherwise be destroyed as a consequence you pretty much take the test again and apply the second result and then yeah i love uh, that rule because because you're going to fail morale checks at some point yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's it's nice it's to saved, have there it saved many many of my units so very strong it's a very strong uh, uh, rule for them, and uh, it works well just due to the fact that, you know, like, 
when you get hit with that prep bombardment and you have 17 units out on the board, you're making these morale checks, right? That reroll helps a lot. So it's definitely a good one. So next up we have the uh, quantity has a quality of its own. And this is our this is where our horde rules come into effect, I think. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so pretty much the quote here for this is, uh, if you have more men than they have bullets, they will eventually run out of ammunition, which we've seen that <laughs> on the field, on the tabletop, you know. So to re yeah, represent the those... best... <laughs> Go ahead, Cap. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, pretty much it's what it is, is it represents the the manpower, the vast manpower of the Soviet Union. Um, and literally you, your force gets a free 12-man strong rifle squad of unexperienced infantry equipped with all options available to them which is mainly just rifles and even anti-tank grenades um, for free. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking uh, for a game like Bolt Action, with so many of the scenarios centered around holding objectives, in which mm -hmm. case you need a unit there, even just having an extra unit on the table is really beneficial. I mean, just to sit on an objective and hopefully score it by the end of the game oh it's great 100 <laughs> you didn't pay, you didn't pay for it so and the thing too is it it's green it has the green rule so yes. technically yes. that free that free squad could technically um become a regular unit and that's Absolutely. i think that's what i think that's what we usually hope for <laughs> So it's I nice. usually got it's, my fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Same here. Um usually like you know you you don't get that too often, right? The only other army that I know that got that is my French with uh pretty much with the artillery. So it's a slight slightly different rule but still pretty fun. And it's this it's very fitting for the Soviets, right? Absolutely. Uh, their next rule that's up is uh, not one step back. Um, so pretty much um, you can include a commissar um, in your army. Uh, the commissar is an officer, so um, that doesn't confer any morale bonus to nearby troops. But when a Fennerly infantry unit fails an order test within six inches of the commissar, you can remove one model and re-roll the dice for the failed morale, morale test. Um, there's no choice in the matter. <laughs> so if the commissar is within six inches, you know, he'll actually, he will shoot one of the the centers and uh, 
pretty much get you to, to re-roll, right? So, and the nice thing is, is yeah. this works. The nice thing is this works on all the units around him, but it, you could only do it once, you know, for the affected unit, right? So. Yeah, it, I like it just because I am running a lot of inexperienced squads. It can just keep things moving. Oh, exactly. Keeps your guys on the board. You keep going forward. You can picture them, you know, yelling at the troops to keep going forward. If and they're sitting beside a MMG to gun anybody who runs away, you know, just like you see in the movie. <laughs> but absolutely, yeah. <laughs> definitely a neat little mechanic compared to some of the other armies. Um. Next up, we have Masked Batteries. Uh, this one, I think this one, uh, sometimes I forget about. But pretty much, you know, the Soviets excelled at having Masked Artillery, as we all kind of know. And they end up giving a bonus to the Soviet because of that. So when rolling to determine a fire for effect radius, for an aiming point um, of, of d6 plus 6 inches. Instead of rolling one die or two, you roll two dice and take the highest score. So they give it a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bonus when you're calling in that uh, barrage. Which I don't think I've really used it too much. Just because I never have never taken the uh, artillery observer in in into battle. No, it's never really come up for me. Maybe a couple times. It's certainly the the rule here that's least least at the front of my mind when I'm putting an army list together. Yeah, yeah, but. You know, out of out of the four rules that's there, um, again, that's uh, one I I rarely use. Uh, the other three, though, are always used. You know, every match I play, it's always used. So, and I'm sure with you too, Cam. Like that's probably the same thing. Oh, absolutely. There's no getting around it. Nice. And I think. Um, I think with all the guys in our community that do play the Soviets, uh, I think they've all had commissars in their lists. Um, and, and we've actually had quite a few guys building Soviet armies, which is good because when some of these events pop off, pop off, we'll have a lot of, you know, German on Soviet action, right? Which will be great. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be a good time because I know you've got all of your Stalingrad terrain going. I've got a bunch of DF factory stuff that's pretty much ready to go. And so one of these days we'll have to get an event together and for sure see that play out. So with, uh, with the army book, um, we've talked about the Commissar a fair bit already. Um, again, it's, it's one of the officer choices in the army um 
moving on to some of their squads. You know, they have light machine gun squads, submachine submachine gun squads, which have different loadouts. The submachine uh, gun squad is pretty much all submachine guns. Um, again, you have your your tank rider squad, which they it's a personal are favorite. <laughs> oh, for sure they are, and like. They're they are equipped with submachine guns as well. They are, and they they still get an LMG, which is great. That's Optional. Right. That's right. They also can get <laughs> the body armor, oh, and that's like I forgot about that. <laughs> that that's I mean, you know, that's a it's going to be an expensive unit, but that's going to be a tough unit. Yeah, so. I I really enjoy running them. I just find sometimes that they don't get as far as I hope because as soon as they start getting shot at, they have to dismount, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. but it's nice. Like when you think about it, the game's only a set number of rounds, and so any kind of movement you can get is going to help you out in some way, especially in those early stages. Yeah, they end up becoming that um, that slow death star that people are afraid of, and all it takes is shooting at the tank once, and they're literally, you know, they're stuck on the ground walking now pretty slowly. So yeah, it's kind of like you know, <laughs> the Terminator movie as he just kind of walks out of the flames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. About to pop off, but I wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a few more of the squads, you know, uh, guard squad. It's a couple different uh, options, LMGs and whatnot. Uh, veteran squads, pretty much like most other armies, they're veterans with a whole bunch of gear. Uh, the NKVD squads, as you mentioned earlier. Um so they pretty much are just another uh, squad same kind of equipment except that they can be fanatics so that's that's a little different uh the shraf bat squad i'm sure i butchered that name but they're uh they're in there too they're pretty cheap uh, they're unarmed, but you can give them rifles. And they're uh, shirkers, so haven't really seen that too much in our battles. Yeah, I ran it a couple times and then didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it was pretty much just um, for blocking lines of fire, but it was a, a cool hobby opportunity because I put some shovels in their hands and canteens, that kind of thing. You know, they're unarmed, so... Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm a... As you know, or most people know, like a hobby more than I game, so any of these kind of unique units, I'll usually give it a shot on the paint table or hobby table and see what happens. Yeah, so like if 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 you guys don't know what that squad really is, is they were pretty much penal battalions uh, formed of troops 
accused of cowardice or desertion or from civilian uh, prisoners, right? So um, that's that's pretty much the squad that you get to play around with for converting and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's super cheap too. Like thirty five points, I think. It's, yeah, thirty five points, and then an additional yeah. four points for up to seven. I mean, you could pay for rifles if you want, but even yeah. keep it cheap enough, 35 points, and it's a, a die in the bag. Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, there's that, and there's um, also the fact that you could literally have them just sitting on something to secure an objective or to even to you know contest in a zone or something, right? Like, you know, if you're using them to contest, like, the opponent's going to have to deal with them eventually, right? And... Oh, absolutely, I mean, yeah. If if they're if they're taking shots and your, your better units aren't, then, you know, they've done their job, right? So... Which is great. Um, you could also use them for... Um, even if somebody has you know, a, an MMG with ambush or something set up. If you're in that right position where you'd use them to screen your next move, uh, your next unit, just trying to move them across the board. There's that option too, right? Just little tactics like that. Yeah, and that's the only thing I tried out with them was that screening. And uh, it, it, it's okay. Something to do. <laughs> yeah. The different uh different flavor to your list. See <laughs> what works. No, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely on that have... extreme end of, of horde army though. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Throwing that in there, you've kind of hit the threshold. <laughs> oh boy. We have uh, Cavalry Squad as well. So those guys are tough fighters. They're pretty much Cossacks. Just from uh, what I'm reading here. But it's an interesting, interesting unit. We got uh, some Penal Militia Squad, which we talked about. Or not Penal, People's Militia Squad, I should say. So we talked about them earlier. We got a Siberian squad, which tough fighters and tank hunters are really the only difference. They are equipped with the same kind of equipment, SMGs, LMGs. Uh, the models, they're, they look pretty neat. Um, plus, I think in the actual kit, you get a different looking commissar with like the megaphone. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember actually getting this set, and I already had a commissar, and then I gave it to Curtis. So, yeah, it has like a he has kind of like a winter jacket on or a leather black leather jacket on, and yeah, it's it's a pretty neat model. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say for anybody that's new getting into the Soviet stuff, there's all these lists options in terms of units, but for Siberian and stuff, as long as they've got the right weapons, I mean. I've never been called out, and I've never even bought the Siberian squad box. 
<laughs> to be honest, like it depends on your group and who you're playing, but I found yeah. in most cases the the general plastic box will do you pretty good and get you, you know, 75, 80% of these units if you really want it to. So Oh, for sure. And some of the Yeah, about... there's not there's nothing wrong with that either, right? Like there's I think the only difference with the Siberian squad is there's like some pewter heads and whatnot and maybe some pewter equipment that come with it so um i think so it's not yeah a, it's it's not a you know you must have it kind of thing so but uh going forward like a lot of these other squads uh you know there's a whole bunch there's uh ski troops and airborne uh you got partisans you got some scout squads uh which have a little bit of different rules they pretty much count as observers or snipers for setup purposes and they also have behind enemy lines so they can outflank which is pretty neat and the models are pretty cool too they're sneaking around with you know knives and everything um yeah i love that box uh you got your assault engineer squad again as well um with the armor flamethrower inside the actual unit so that's kind of protected motorcycle squads machine medium machine gun heavy machine gun squads you know all the basic units that are in almost every army uh, now coming down to these anti-tank teams um, they have I believe yeah, so Soviet infantry anti-tank weapons, they tend to have a, I believe it's a three-for-one choice. Where is it here? Yes, I believe it's three-for-one slot, if I remember correctly. Yeah, extra selection. So you can take up the three anti-tank teams, any mix of the rifle teams, the ampulet anti-tank teams, the tank hunters, and the dog mines. So as one selection in your, in your platoon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but dog they lover. do have it's tough. <laughs> but they do have, you know, they do have a selection of that, right? So I mean, they're fighting, they're fighting all those Panzers that were coming through. So they're trying to come up with tons of ways of trying to tank them out and. Um, some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are like the dog mines are, are a little um, random because you got to roll to see what happens. So sometimes the the dog runs off, or it actually works, or it doesn't. So pretty neat on that. I definitely am a fan of running the the tank hunter anti-tank teams. Uh, I don't know why. I think it's just like kind of area denial or at least makes you think about it if, as an opponent. Am I going to move my tank down there? Having a Panzerfaust to at least force you to think about it is nice. And it, yep. Yeah, pre-deploys like a sniper, so... You can move it up the board and what you want with it. No, oh, definitely. Definitely. 
Uh, moving over to their like anti-tank and artillery and stuff. Um, again, motor teams, sniper teams, flamethrower teams, they're all very similar across the board to almost every other army. Um, going over to artillery and whatnot, again, howitzers and all that stuff, it's, it's all very similar. Uh, one thing to note for sure is with the Soviets, the... Uh, ZIS-3, which Cam has an, in his army. Um, it's nice because it actually has the rule versatile. And it allows it not only to be fired as a medium anti-tank gun, but it can be fired as a light howitzer as well. Which is great, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. It gives you options, right? So... Mm-hmm. It's it's one of their main guns that they've used. Uh, I know I have two of them. Uh, there's some some theater selectors that allow you to have two of them, but if I ever want to do a, a winter themed, I can always make one into a winter, put it in the army. Now, getting into the tanks, there is a lot. <laughs> there is a <laughs> lot of tanks. Like, it's insane. Anywhere from a T26 to your T34s, T38s. So if you like tanks, this might be one of the armies for you. Um, oh yeah, all those uh, guard players or Astrum Militarum players out there. <laughs> looking, to, looking to make the jump. This is, this is where you want to be. No doubt. No doubt. You know, it was a little intimidating for me when I first started into the game and seeing just how many tank options there are and by intimidating I mean not just how does it work on the table but where do I invest my money like <laughs> there's so many mm -hmm. tanks and a lot of them are slight variations of each other or are very specific in their roles and so yeah. that was one of the little hurdles it's not a big one but um, it was a hurdle to get over, just not a not a huge issue. Took a couple games though, and yeah, they um, see for me it was kind of like you know, of course the the T thirty four eighty five was kind of one of those iconic ones that I really liked, um, but then I started kind of going bigger into like an IS two, right, uh, which. At first, you know, I, I loved it. The model was pretty neat. Um, it was a big tank, big cannon on it. Uh, but in game, just because it's, it can't be one of your first activations because of uh, the actual shot that it has. It's slow to load. So it was kind of uh, a little bit of a damper on that tank. But if you play it right, like, you know, if you don't have that tank out in the open, you should be okay. It's just, unfortunately, it's it, it has that rule of slow load. It's a beefy tank, you know, uh, 10-plus heavy tank with uh, a heavy yeah, they, tank gun. The chunky boy, I know. I know one of the things, too, with the Soviet tanks is you have the IS-2 and some of the the later war tanks that are really like 
holding their own. They have their drawbacks, but they're they're quite strong. Yeah. But it, it can be tough if you're playing in those early war years, and you know, by no means are you required to do it. But uh, the early war tanks definitely seem to have some drawbacks compared to, especially you know, German armor. Um, and that makes sense historically, from what I understand, but can be tough. Like if you if you're playing those early war or even mid war lists, and you're playing a theater selector, and you're already kind of on your heels, playing against an elite army list or something challenging to have a an armor piece that it just isn't as good as its counterpart is uh it can be tough yeah. <laughs> oh definitely i've, I've felt that <laughs> once i play my french and I, th <laughs> I bring some tanks on the board it's kind of like eh. <laughs> maybe i should stick to artillery yeah <laughs> and when i play my chinese communists is what well, i think like one tank option <laughs> one japanese tank maybe <laughs> it's uh yeah that's that's another army that's, that's a whole different story <laughs> yeah <laughs> So a lot of tank options. They also have a lot of tank destroyer options as well. Uh, you know the the SU hundreds and ISU one twenty twos. Self propelled artillery. SU seventy sixes, KB twos, as, as Cam mentioned before, with the big old block heavy howitzer, which is scary 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 when it lands <laughs> um, and then they have the infamous Katyusha the multiple launcher which is by far one of the coolest looking units in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I've been on the receiving end and when it goes well it's uh, it hurts it definitely hurts oh yeah I I have not had much luck, but as a glutton for punishment, I continue to bring it in many games. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's partly it's not that because many it looks cool. Yeah, and because like, you have um, you have a plastic kit, do you not? I do. I I believe it was from Rubicon, and it is plastic, and it went together uh, fine. Yeah, and I have and uh, yeah. The, the kit that I have is um, the resin pewter, and I believe it's from Warlord Games. So, uh, fortunately enough, I actually didn't assemble that one. Um, I ended up buying it used off of one of the guys who was getting out. But it's it's a nice kit too. Uh, you just gotta kind of be careful when you're packing it around and whatnot. Um, but pretty cool. Yeah, piece. mine was on the res. Mine was on the receiving end of our dog, so I've had to put it together, oh. back together. That that was nice. <laughs> it still works. It still looks fine. Just, uh, you know, it's earned its stripes. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, we have, you know, your, your anti-craft, uh, anti-aircraft vehicles. There's... You got a couple selections, nothing too too crazy, and then you start running into your armored cars. Um, they got a got a few of them to play around with, you know, cheap little guys that can run around and 
hit you up with some LMGs and and whatnot. I love the armored cars personally. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're wheeled vehicles, so they're zippy. Oh, for sure. I've seen guys. Uh, I've seen guys play with them and and do really really well with them, and especially use like using the recce rule and whatnot. So pretty neat. And then the the Soviets have some interesting looking ones as well. Always some weird designs, but pretty cool to see it. Absolutely, yeah. Couple half tracks. Uh, of course, you have uh, the gas jeep as well, and artillery tractors, and, and the cosmolits as well. You got the little uh, T twenty cosmolit, literally a tank with like a little a bench to carry infantry around. And then you have the <laughs> the Aerosan, the Gaz ninety eight Aerosan, which is like literally World War Two version of an airspeeder. <laughs> the big propeller on the back. I've of never it. thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Um, and then the book at the end of it has the Lend Lease uh, program as well. So. You're able to take a couple of the American, you know, um, like M3 Stewarts, Wolverine, Shermans, the Lees. You also have the uh, Tetrarch as well, uh, Churchill and Matildas, M3 Scout cars, M17 uh, AA half tracks, brand carriers, Jeeps or Seeps. So they have it all here. It's pretty neat. And. You know that's that's not to mention of what um, what other units are in the other books. Um, so as you're you're going through campaign books, there's other units in there that you get to play around with as well. So and it's nice because the book itself has uh, a couple of you know uh, scenarios and or. Um, the uh, theater selectors like Barbarossa, Battle of Kiev, you know, Zukov takes command. And it, it changes the formation of the actual theater selector. So, like in Zukov takes command, one of its special rules, which makes this interesting for Soviet army, is baptism of fire. You know, no Soviet forces can be veteran in this army. So. You're going to have a lot of, you know, miniatures on the board, but it's it's one of those rules that kind of makes for an interesting fight. Um, I think three of their selectors are actually like that, if not more. Then you have like you know Siege of Sestafol and Operation Typhoon. They have one called Blitzfreeze. <laughs> so there's there's quite a few there's there's probably about i don't know maybe 10 or 12 different selectors in the actual main rule book or army book i should say so yeah there's good. a good chunk of them i mean i forget about some of these now that i'm going back through them with you it's uh some fun looking stuff especially the i never really use them but 
they always interest me the the weather rules in particular and the the various optional stuff that you can really oh yes customize your your scenarios with and give some meaning to ski troops and these other specialized units that ignore uh, certain weather parameters or movement deterrence that kind of stuff i don't know it's uh there's a lot of cool stuff even here i mean this is really just the army list book and you've got handful of scenarios right there it's nice yeah and even even right here where there's like some suggestions for scenarios so like uh you know the quality of quantity it literally is saying that you know in any games game set during the final year of the war from mid 1944 onwards like the red army player can substitute his free and inexperienced rifle squad for um you know, a free inexperienced SU-76, a medium mortar, or a ZIS-3 divisional gun, right? Like, you know, if, for scenarios, if you're playing further, you, yeah, play with the rule and try it out, see what it's like, you know? They got just stuff like that, anarchy, forest and swamps, deep snow, frostbite. And it's pretty, pretty cool to throw that into the games. I know there's there's tons. Yeah, I think that's one thing Warlord does really well is you, you have the framework of your your game, but it's a little like an onion. You can just peel it back as much as you want and find new new ways to keep it fresh and oh, definitely no need to sure. get bogged down with you know more tables and more more di dice rolls on the side. <laughs> but well, oh, I'd sure. argue that you know. There could be an argument made that there's a little bit of that in bolt action, uh, but yeah, it's nice to have that there just for players to to really immerse themselves in it. For myself, that's that's really what I'm looking for: fun, immersive uh, game with some challenge. That's a that's a bonus to me. <laughs> nice. No, that's that's really well said, Cam, and that's. That's exactly what uh, the game is like for me as well. Uh, even with the community players here locally, uh, we have all different sorts of players, and there's always like different challenges with each army that we face, right? Um, like, I don't know how many games I've played where it's literally been a draw because it's been that that much of a good fight, you know. So it, it's always fun. It's always great to have all these different players come out and play and and um i think the hype is getting real here again because finally us here in the city we're we're actually able to go and start rolling dice again um so i i know myself i'll be trying to to shake off the rust so to speak and oh i think that's all of us <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much going to be it for the Soviets for this episode. So uh, again, thanks Cam for for joining me on this one. It's uh, been really fun doing it. Uh, like I said, it's been a while since we've actually sat down and chatted and just kind of hung out and stuff too. So oh, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. <laughs> not a problem, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Um, probably even get maybe some of the other guys together and just have one of those, you know, chit chat kind of episodes. 
So yeah, it's a good chance too to thank you and uh, you and Bill there for oh I mean the other guys that have dropped in for putting together this kind of content. I think it's really great for not just our community but you know just wider hobby. I mean everybody needs a healthy outlet these days when you're any of us still stuck at home. Why not uh, hit the paint paint table or even just read up on some interesting units oh for sure for sure i know uh i know with us we tend to um you know we're having the hair to horse heresy and stuff and whatnot um but we're definitely kind of expanding to just trying to get a, a wide variety of of different games on the podcast and even just our instagram and whatnot so you know you guys out there uh thanks again for tuning in and checking us out um if this is your first episode that you've checked out by chance we have plenty of other ones come and check it out you might find a game that you're interested that we're talking about um otherwise you know share with us on instagram facebook uh let us know what you guys think um and you know keep keep hobbying and painting up miniatures we love to see that stuff please post it and um yeah again thanks again cam for coming out we will definitely get some games out uh, in the next little bit hopefully here and for all you guys out there thanks for listening again and we will catch you guys on the next one trident wargaming build it paint it play it